We'll reach in the streets, Christmas lights, turn down anyone's money. Which of Elton's feelings inside was a little bit funny. Thank you so much to everybody who has invested in our Christmas album already and has sent us some kind comments about it. Yeah, but uh, more importantly, they're cash yeah. by buying the album. <laughs> cash is our favourite, but kind comments are a semi-close second. Comments are welcome. Jonathan says, yay, the answer me this Christmas album, though I may wait until December to listen. Oh, well, not long to go now, young Jonathan, till it be <laughs> Christmas Day and you can buy yourself a festive goose in celebration of the Christ child. I don't, I don't think any of the goose shops are open on Christmas Day. <laughs> That's true, actually, isn't it? I suppose you got your goose in advance as you yeah. could get the answer me this christmas album in advance to psych you yourself up do you think jonathan has managed to hold out to december to hear our hour-long all new yabbering about christmas things i think if he has he deserves some sort of award who could have that on their mp3 mm. player helen and not give in to temptation to press play immediately to open one of the presents under the tree and then rewrap it so mummy and daddy don't find out <laughs> exactly alexander says ollie answer me this what would you recommend to achieve the full Answer Me This Christmas experience? Heavily sedated by turkey? Well, we do talk about turkey in it. Uh, mm. And also Brussels sprouts and crackers and party food. Yeah, um, So definitely uh, it would go well, wouldn't it, as the soundtrack to your Christmas meal. But frankly, that's mm. a bit depressing, isn't it, if on Christmas Day you're listening to us? Rather than talking to your family. That's right. I think probably once you've had a screaming row with a family member and you've slammed the door of your bedroom and you need to sulk for a bit, you could put it on then and that would last you an hour of sulking. That's pretty good length of sulk. Well, if you would like to feel all Christmassy listeners, don't do it by listening to Lily Allen covering Keen. They've Ugh, got enough no. money do it by buying the Answer Me This Christmas album. You can get it right now at answermethispodcast.com slash Christmas. Uh, now, in uh, Answer Me This 279, I was talking about my my monument hangover cure. Climbing up monument when you're feeling a little bit... Um, Pukey. ...rough the next morning. Yeah. Perverse. It's perverse combination of cure. steps and the fresh air works very well no one wants to listen to steps when they're hungover what what <laughs> that is true uh, even pete waterman i think would probably draw the line there i don't think pete waterman would ever exhibit the human weakness that is hangovers well adrian from north london has been in touch to say helen answer me this whose brilliant idea was it to name the monument monument <laughs> surely that would be like referring to eros as statue or the albert hall as building or hall why doesn't it have a proper name? Well, it does, but Monument is its first name, and then its uh, surname is For the Great Fire of London. Mm. So I think it's just that is a bit of a mouthful. Like, we've got a friend who has six surnames, and he only uses one or two, Max. And actually, if you think about it, when something's brand new... It might have been the only monument when it was uh, put up in, um, I think, 1677 they finished it. I dare say it was. I mean, it's like... Um... The dome, the Millennium Dome, was yeah. the dome. There are other domes. Look at St Paul's. That's yeah. been around for ages. I mean, there weren't other domes that you could go in and have an unfulfilling quasi theme park experience in. St Paul's again. <laughs> uh, you know, the mon- I don't know if you've been on the Jesuit ride. It's fantastic. <laughs> uh, did you know? Did you know that the monument, your ideal hangover cure, is the tallest isolated stone column in the world? I didn't know it, but it doesn't surprise me because it's yeah. certainly a very tall isolated stone column. It sure all, is. All the time I was climbing that, despite my hangover. Over, I was thinking this is the tallest isolated stone column that I can think of. Yeah. Actually, a little tip for uh, tourists coming to London, perhaps over Christmas. Yeah. Uh, if you are intending to do the Ollie Man Monument Hangover Cure, uh, get the joint <laughs> it's tickets. It's going to be 
mobbed, isn't it? <laughs> There'll be loads of people just being sick on the top of Monument. Um, It'll be like a sport. They'll paint targets on the pavement. If you go to Monument and you get the ticket, I think if you spend something like £2 more, Ooh. you can get a joint ticket to go to the Tower Bridge exhibit. Ooh. Um, it's worth doing both. Because yeah. uh, if you like, if you like going up towers, you like things, going up stuff, <laughs> unsupported stone columns and towers. My name is Alyssa. I live in Coventry and I'm six years old. Helen and Ollie, answer me this: Why is caterpillars called caterpillars? Has it got anything to do with cats? Well, yes, it is sort of to do with cats, etymologically. That's a big word for a six-year-old, Helen. I don't mean to patronise you, Alyssa. Can you say another word? Philologically. <laughs> Much better. <laughs> because the, the cat was from the Latin for cats, mm-hmm. and the pillar is from the Latin for hair. So I think they just looked at the caterpillars and saw them looking a bit hairy, like, a, I guess, a cat's tail. Mm. Do you love caterpillars like you love hairy cats, though, Ollie? They're sort of in my. I'm not. I can't even build up a pretend defence for them. No, I don't. Don't have any feelings for caterpillars. No feelings. I think, I think they're sort of in the middle of the spectrum. Like they, they can be quite scary looking and unpleasant, but especially not, when they're very hungry. But they're not like really disgusting, like you know, flies no. and maggots. Well, that, and they're not beautiful like butterflies or praying mantises. But of course, they turn into beautiful butterflies, don't they, Martin? That's the well, point. some of them turn they into do. munting butterflies. <laughs> it's unlucky. So you know, like I've some, never seen a munting butterfly. I that's because that's they they keep themselves themselves. I think you, even moths are pretty. You know. Like some beautiful babies turn out to be quite plain mm. or gross adults. Mm-hmm. It's the same with caterpillars. Yeah. Yeah. Think about that, Alyssa. Well, here is a question from Sam who says, I am Sam, son of country files Tom Heap. Wow. Celebrity Sam. Son of the stars. Tom Heap does the investigation section in the programme Country File, mm-hmm. but all is not well in the world outside country file I'm sorry to hear that say it isn't so <laughs> people have started recognising my father although they recognise him as Adam another member of the country file crew oh no so this is like Toby Maguire getting mistaken for Elijah Wood they don't even really look alike Toby Maguire and Elijah Wood because Elijah Wood has actually no they, no, they do a bit they're both thin white thinking. geeky young men yeah. I've never confused them before but now you can see it it's not like people confusing Ryan Gosling and Ryan Reynolds just because they're both beefy Ryan's. Ryan and women like I sort of think Elijah would look like a drawing of uh, Toby <laughs> McGuire. <laughs> yeah. I've never seen Country Files, so we looked up Tom Heap and Adam on Google Images. And there we, is a similarity, We have Sam. to say. Yeah. I can understand how this They're both occurs. white middle-aged men who but look very sort of rural. Sand, Sandy hair. Yeah. They all look the same to you, don't they, Ollie? In addition to recognising him as the wrong man, they ask him questions as if he was Adam from Country File. Yeah. So, Ollie, answer me this. How should my father, Tom Heap of Country File, react to this? And what should he say? I think he should just say, thank you very much. And then... Got the wrong man! No, I don't like North should... by Northwest. I, no, I think, he should, yeah. I think he should say, oh, actually, I'm Tom, mm. but... And then answer whatever question they've asked. Because actually, the question they've asked, I bet, isn't a question that's specific to Adam. I bet Adam, it's a question do you like... have a girlfriend? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that one's difficult. But Adam, when you caress a log, are you thinking of me? <laughs> but I imagine most of the questions are Adam, like... Adam, have you got wood? Where do you film such and such a bit? Yeah. Or, you know, are, are you in this town that we're in right now because yeah. you're filming a thing is that a world sheep or is it someone is that, and you can well. answer that whether yeah. you're adam or tom no but you? tom does the investigation section which suggests to me tom is not involved in the rest of country files so maybe he does not have the answers to these general production oh, questions but he, he's certainly going to know more than your average tom in the street maybe he's not a fan of adam maybe they're mortal enemies and this is why this is such a hurtful thing to happen i, I think in a way it's good uh sam that your father has one of those faces that people obviously think oh i recognize him and actually in this case more specifically oh, i recognize him off a specific thing mm. but actually isn't a person that you think immediately oh that's so and so because actually i think that's really problematic if you're overly distinctive just the other week i saw brian may in um 
the wow. top of Regent Street. For sure it wasn't his wife. Uh, and <laughs> that is a distinctive looking man. Yes. And I was thinking, in a way, it's nice for him that he knows when people come up to him and congratulate him on his work that they are congratulating Brian May. On the other hand, it must be sort of irritating to know that everywhere you're going, people are like, oh, it's Brian May. I know somebody completely failed to recognise him. Even what? though Even though she was working backstage at the Queen musical. What? And he'd been playing guitar as a guest spot in the Queen musical. What? And he came, off, he, came off, he came off and went, oh, that went well. And he went, she went, yeah, for some reason, they were really excited tonight. I don't know why that was. <laughs> Completely <laughs> failing to realise that she was in front of Brian May. Ultimate yeah. troll. Would she have recognised him if he'd have thrown back to five to do the verse? Possibly, quite possibly. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe she's just of that generation. If you've got a question, email your question to answer me at this podcast. exactly a year ago a listener called Cheska got in touch to ask us whether she should take a job at Disney World Florida just say Disney World Helen as you know I'm pedantic about this there is no other Disney World you don't need to clarify Florida she's now been back in touch to say I asked you a question last year about whether I should come work at Disney World yes and now that is where I'm writing to you from when you wish (laughs) on a star you will move to Florida yeah yeah what's the next line when you wish upon a star yeah. and you get a working visa. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the crucial bit. Yeah, uh, and you're prepared to demean yourself as well by working in England land or whatever they call it, because she was working oh, yeah. the Epcot Centre. We put it in. Uh, Cheska says, I've been working here for about three months now, and unsurprisingly, I realised that a high proportion of the men here are gay. No. And the few that are straight are snapped up immediately oh, by I thought you were saying the few that are straight are dressed as giant mice. <laughs> <laughs> Which would be a bit disturbing. And the foam penises just won't stay up. Uh, the few that are straight are snapped up immediately by girls out of their league, or they stay infamously single, breaking hearts across the parks. You know, there are so many reasons why a behind-the-scenes documentary looking at the way mm-hmm. Walt Disney World is run would be fascinating. But Absolutely. that's one that I hadn't even considered, is the sex lives of the employees. Yeah. Because, of course, you do get people from all around the world going to Florida, and they feel like, I guess, they're on permanent vacation when they work there. Well, they're kind of isolated, aren't they? Yeah, exactly, and they're on campus, effectively. It's yeah. like a student campus. Cheska says, Although this makes for a straight guy paradise, it is not ideal for the straight girls like me, who are here for a year with only vacationing men as prospects. And I'd imagine a lot of the vacationing men at Disney World are, are dads yes. who are already taken. Spoken for. Yes. Yeah. It's or, definitely not very Disney World or, to, to separate a man from his family yeah. whilst yeah. they're at Epcot. And uh, it's also not appropriate for Cheska to uh, set her cap at the under-10s. I wonder as well whether it's even on brand for you to be flirting unduly mm-hmm. with, with customers there. Well, some of the Disney princesses are sexy. Mm. But I still think that would be very disapproved. That would be a sacking offence, wouldn't it? If I think... If, if you ripped off your mermaid tail and uh, strangled yeah. someone. I think it's all right if you're dressed as Daisy Duck to do some mm. mock flirtatious gestures when someone says something rude to you. Yes. Um, but almost you're kind of left without choice. Like, what else do you do? Um, because, you know, the face you're wearing suggests you're permanently smiling. You have to find it amusing. Yeah. Um, but if you're working in one of the stores and you're coming on to your customers and, as you say, there are families around, it's mm-hmm. very difficult to even arrange a hookup, I should think. Off-brand. Very yeah, off-brand. I think, I think it is. Wizarding World of Harry Potter, however. Oh, yeah, get your wand out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Cheska says, I've been single for a long time and the honeymoon nature of my workplace makes me even more eager to find a guy to spend time with. Yes, I forgot about Aww. that. But when I was at Disney World, there were a lot, a surprising amount of honeymooning couples. Really? Um, what they do is if you're a honeymoon 
Union couple there. They give you a special pair of mouses that have got lace kind of on the side uh, and your name on so that every I mean this is such a Disney thing and it's out of context it sounds mm-hmm. mental but it means that every ride you go on like literally every ride you go on every restaurant you go to in the park the person who's operating mm-hmm. pulling the levers and speaking on the mic will stop the ride just before and go hey and congratulations to Becca and Steve oh no which is just it's mm. I, like it, to me it's blood curdlingly embarrassing yes. but uh, I, I think you get extra perks like you probably get free lunch and you get to go to the yeah. front of the queues and, and stuff. you don't get that without humiliation but it happens surprisingly commonly I, I, I'd go as far to say there wasn't a ride I went on without seeing a honeymooning couple that's probably the key Ollie there aren't that many honeymooning couples at Disney World. They just want the perks. Mm. <laughs> it's all a ruse. Cheska says, I'm a bit of a hopeless romantic, so I was less than enthused when my friend suggested to me that we should both try Tinder. <laughs> uh, she says, I assumed it was literally just for hookups and mm-hmm. that it must have the worst kind of guys on it. Mm-hmm. And girls, therefore. I mean, why the double standard? Exactly. But my friend assured me that on her recent trip back to the UK, that Tinder has really taken off there and everyone is on it. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, everyone's on it. Harry Styles, yeah. Lord Lloyd Webber. We're all on it, aren't Prince we? William. Cheating on our partners. <laughs> everyone's Whoa. on it. So, Ollie, answer me this. Yeah. What is the deal with Tinder? Is it becoming a thing? And is it just for hookups? Okay, I actually think it is becoming a thing. Yes. Now it is everywhere in terms of people mentioning it. I think it's been very big this year. And also I think it is unusual for such an app to have been so big amongst straight women. Yes. Thus far. And for them to feel safe enough. But I think because it links to people's Facebooks that they... They don't feel like they're just going to meet a total stranger that happens to be within 500 metres. Yes, it does. So, so for anyone who's completely ignorant of this and hasn't seen any of this, Tinder is, you've, you'd heard of Grinder, which is the gay one, right? Which has been out for a couple of years. Which, and maybe Growler, which is the similar one for bears. I did not know about that. Uh, Brender, which is for lesbians. Are you making these up now? No. Okay. Um, I don't have the imagination. I, I couldn't tell. There's Durer for qualified medics. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, what it is, is it's an app that uh, taps into your Facebook profile, takes a picture from your Facebook profile. You can choose which one it is. Is, oh god and then finds people who are friends of your friends or friends of friends of friends of those who are in your local area yeah then you swipe the people you're physically attracted to and only if they swipe you back are you then able to have a chat with them so it's, you don't get yeah. harassed by people you don't fancy is the it, idea it's a bit like speed dating in that way yes. as well if you both check the box then you get each other's contacts at the end and apparently straight women feel like this is not so liberating rapey. yes which mm. is interesting because of course it really is about casual sex underneath yeah. it all women are allowed to want that Ollie yeah, well this is the thing isn't it I Even think a lot of people Disney are surprised World. by that being the case but absolutely I think it's it's finally an example where young straight women feel like they can engage in saying online that they want to have casual sex because they know that the only people they're saying it to are people who feel the same way about them and they can ignore anyone they don't like who feels that way about them but I think some people are also using it for dating not just hookups because it's free unlike most of the dating websites mm. the thing is Cheska you can just get the app and then have a look at it and you don't have to do anything you can just see if you like it well i suspect this is part of the reason why a lot of women are on there as i understand it a lot of people and of course men would do this too but i think women particularly a lot of people go on there even if they're in a relationship apparently mm. just to no. see if they're still fanciable oh my god they that don't is, have any so stupid. intention of following through it's just that they mm. want to see how many people that they've ticked would all, would also tick them it's all about the ego isn't it yeah so actually i'm not sure actually if you really are looking for a relationship whether because if you think of all the people that are on there just to do that, and then you're all the people that are on there just for casual sex, wasting how many people your really, time, Cheska. Exactly, how many people really want a relationship? Well, then where's she going to find one? Maybe someone who works in one of the Disney gift shops or a security guard. Actually, the way to do it is I was speaking to a guy who works in the Simpsons store in the Universal theme park mm. in Orlando, and he said to me that his wife works at the Disney Studios theme park, mm. and he was saying if you do it that way 
you get the employee perks for both sets of parks. So wow. if you're a real theme park addict, what you actually want to do is you want to be cruising Universal. That is good advice, Ollie. Because yeah, you might have someone there who is an equal theme park geek yeah. who wants to get in on the Disney perks. And I reckon Universal, they will be perhaps a bit more adult. The entire vibe of Universal Studios is a bit more adolescent. It's a bit more sort of rip-roaring. It's all more about the roller coasters, more about sort of metal music and superheroes. So you do get people... It's, it's less likely to be entirely populated uh, by, by gay, sort of... <laughs> gay men and players. Yes, I think that's mm. probably right, yeah. Now, of course, the only thing that is more exciting than Disney World... There is only one thing, and that is the Answer Me This Christmas album. That is exciting. If you haven't bought it yet, here's what you're missing. Feliz Navidad, Feliz Navidad, I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. I read an amazing theory as to why Rudolph has a red nose, because reindeer's nose is not naturally red. Has he been in a fight? Well, he might have, because he's bullied by the other reindeer, isn't he? He is, yeah. yeah. That um, could be the subtext. Apparently, adulterers are more likely to become inadvertently outed on Christmas Day than any other day of the year as well. Wow. The only thing I can think of about a plum pudding that I like is that it was at once a, a model of the atom. What is Kwanzaa? Mm-hmm. People keep mentioning it, do they? Uh, but I have no idea what it is. During the Second World War, the Ministry of Defence commissioned a cracker maker to uh, tie bundles of cracker snaps together and then they were used by soldiers in training when they were pulled apart to mimic the sound of uh, machine gun fire so they got used to it. That's horrendous. Although, uh, obviously, it's right to be prepared for the uh, vagaries of war, isn't it, with with something horrendous. Insofar as you can prepare. Like a Christmas cracker. Yeah, exactly. Uh, (laughs) I think they took the toys out as well. (laughs) What is Christmas without a scratched cornea? (laughs) As Dickens famously wrote. Mm Just a little selection of tidbits from the Answer Me This Christmas album, which is available right now at answermethispodcast.com slash Christmas. Ha ha ha, you said tidbits. Um, let's see what you <laughs> listeners have been saying right now on the phone line, the number for which is... 0208123 Or you can Skype Answer Me This. Tidbits. <laughs> you tidbits. Hello, it's Rebecca from Letchworth. Helen and Ollie, answer me this. What is Labour Day and why can you not wear white after it? Okay, I actually don't know what Labour Day is. I know. Let me tell you what I know. Haven't you heard of it from American things? Uh, What I know is it's an American bank holiday. And I'm guessing from the name that it has something to do with the workers. Yes. But that is it. That's all I know. And I've always wanted to know. So, Helen, answer me this. Uh I'm interested. I agree with Rebecca. What is Labour Day? (laughs) I must know. I actually have always wanted to know. Never thought to articulate it before, but I want to know the answer to this. I'm so interested. I never bothered looking it up. Yeah. Labour Day. (laughs) Labour Day, as you suspected, Ollie, is a public holiday. It's the first Monday of September. September. Kind of like our August bank holiday, but a week later. It is a holiday to respect the workers, as you suspected. But which workers and when? It was first celebrated in New York City in 1882, but it became federal law because it had spread through so many states in 1894. Uh, So it was um, a creation of the labour movement and was dedicated to the social and economic achievements of American workers. And it is the yearly tribute to the contributions workers have made to the strength, prosperity and well-being of the country. It's the one day per year. One, You're allowed one to say day. something even vaguely socialist. In How America. come we haven't got a capitalist day? <laughs> but it's a question for another day. Canada has Labour Day on the same day as well. Okay. But I think it's less mythologised. Yes. Because I have labour laws and things like that. And the reason why this no white after Labour Day adage has come into being was, well, because it sort of symbolised the end of the summer. 
and mm-hmm. therefore you put away your light leisurely summer clothes you return from your country pile mm-hmm. to the city where you put on your business attire mm. whether the climate demanded it or not and apparently this became a big thing because essentially um old money wanted to distinguish themselves from new money who were starting to encroach on their territory in the uh, late 19th century so they thought well one thing we can do is just invent loads of arbitrary snobbish laws that will have them really confused and they won't know what to do. So if someone turns up at the opera with the wrong sleeve length, we can be like, yeah. oh, well, you can't be in our society. Uh-huh. It's like using the wrong fork. Yes, Imagine right. the shame. Okay, okay. However, people like Coco Chanel mm-hmm. wore white all year round. And now, like, there are always fashion editorials all the time about winter white, as if that is an original idea. Because mm. it is pretty stupid. Although there is practicality, because in summer, white is is a cool colour to wear because it reflects heat, etc. In winter, it will get dirty from mud and grit on the road and rain and all of that. It's just... It, it is, it's called classic for a reason. White and black... I just find it weird when I read any article. I mean, I know that men's fashion is even more boring than women's fashion. (laughs) But when I read, I don't read articles about women's fashion because I'm really not interested. Occasionally, I mean, I subscribe to Esquire for other articles, but I occasionally read the fashion ones. Articles about Daisy Lowe with the baps out. That sort of thing. Um, And it'll say, oh, you know, Tiny Temper is pictured here in a white T-shirt. And then it'll have a commentary from someone, you know, fashion editor of the Guardian or something. You see the sleeve length. Yeah, yeah. With this white T-shirt, he's really making his body pop. And I'm like, it's a white teacher. It's like, it's not, he probably didn't even think when he left the house that morning. And I know that's a fashion conscious man. He probably just thought, yeah. it's a t-shirt. It's not even, it's beyond classic. It is just a, it's nothing, it's well, not even a colour. Tiny Temper is a bit of a dandy. So he probably has a white t-shirt for every occasion. And the minutiae of those t-shirts are not visible to the untrained eye of Ollie Mann. Mm. Oh God, it's, men's fashion is so boring though, isn't it? It's, you have to make up these things to like, make it interesting and to keep selling units. Like, well, this t-shirt is radically different to last year. It's like people picking endlessly over the, like, different varieties of porridge, isn't it? Mm. Right. Well, this is a very salty porridge, lovely grain size. And then the bottom line is, when you read through these articles comparing men's fashions mm. and men's looks, the one that all the judges can agree on will be some premiership footballer wearing, guess what, a black Armani suit. Like, oh, wow. there's nothing wrong with this style. This looks good at any age. Yeah, yeah men look good in that's suits, men's fashion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so everything else you've said in the other 200 pages of this magazine is bullshit, isn't it? After my commute, when I find the time, I can always send a question to the question line. Inquiries are wanted as all part of the plan. Holla Helen, or Holly, or Martin, the sound man. Here's a question from Ashfay in Edinburgh, who says, I work in a library, and last week I had the rather dubious pleasure of asking one of our patrons to not clip her fingernails in the library. Ooh, that's disgusting. It is disgusting. When I was talking about it later with my co-workers, says Ashfay, I was a bit surprised at how opinionated everyone was about where is or isn't appropriate to cut nails. Mm. One woman thought it should only be done outside. Another, only in the bathroom, though any bathroom was okay, not just her own. A third thought anywhere in your own house, but nowhere else, and so on. Ollie answered me this, where do you cut your nails? (laughs) And where would you definitely not do it? In answer to the first question, where do I cut my nails? I've got a study in my house. It's your nail clipping room. It's where I do. Beautification salon. Yeah, exactly. You groom yourself. Yeah, I guess that's the thing, isn't it? Even though it's a place where I work, it's the closest thing I have to... Like, my girlfriend has a dresser with her makeup on it. I don't, so it's the closest I have to a grooming station is there. But I think, generally speaking, in terms of clipping your nails... 
in public. Mm. Uh, that is disgusting. Yes. Um, and there's a very, very simple rule on this one. Uh, only clip your nails where you would get naked. If it's a place where you would oh. get naked. Therefore, changing rooms in a public swimming pool, fine. Your bedroom, fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, your bathroom, yes. fine. Your own house, not in the bedroom or bathroom, yes, but only if there's no one else around. Your own garden if it's not overlooked. Exactly. A friend's bathroom or spare room only if you're staying with them. And only if you're very tidy about where you put the bits. So there you are, that's the rubric. I, I think that's good because I've been on several buses and tubes where people are doing it and it's the noise I also dislike it when people are plucking their eyebrows on the tube. It's also, I think, there's an element of detritus as well, isn't there? The thing about plucking your eyebrows and filing or clipping your nails is that you are leaving bits of your body somewhere. Now, I know that bits of your skin and dandruff and everything fall off anyway, (laughs) but you're choosing to leave bits of your body lying around. And a witch doctor could scoop all that up and do (laughs) bad things with it. (laughs) Here's a question from Gareth in Chorleywood who says, Helen, answer me this. In the film Big... How did the wish machine know that the kid wanted to be older? Uh, It has no prior knowledge. Oh, you say that, but... The whole point of it was that the the wish was was kind of a double-edged sword. It was to teach him a lesson, wasn't it? As much as it was to to fulfil his desires. Yes, because he says, the kid says, I'd want to be big. But you have to be very specific when you're dealing with a supernatural machine. It's like the guy from Greek mythology who wished to live forever, but didn't specify that he wanted to be young forever, so he just grew Mm. older and older and older. But I think the Zoltar machine knew that by saying he wanted to be big, the child didn't just want to be a seven-foot child Mm. or a 50-foot child. He wanted to be an adult. Mm. He wanted that kind of bigness. The thing is, we both identify with this because as children, we both desperately wanted to be yeah. grown-ups. Yeah. Um, but we actually genuinely wanted to sit around and have the kind of conversations we're having now. Yeah. Whereas most kids want to be grown-ups just so they can buy drive whatever fast. toys they want, yeah. drive a car, they don't yeah. kiss think, a girl. They don't think, oh, well, I want to be a grown-up so that I can set up a direct debit for my council tax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas, you know, we actually enjoy that kind of admin and discussing well, it. I don't enjoy it, but I accept it. <laughs> so I think part of the point of the film is that the kid doesn't really understand what being big or even being an adult is. Mm. And actually, it's a caution. It's a the whole film is a cautionary tale, isn't right. it? If you ask to be big, then maybe you'll get a high flying job in a toy company, and you get to go out with Elizabeth Perkins. Oh, poor you! Yeah. And you get to have an amazing <laughs> flat, and you get to play that giant keyboard in FAO. Yeah, you, you get everything. Yeah. Oh, what a horrible cautionary tale! Yeah, was, yeah Home Alone's <laughs> kind of like that as well, isn't it? It's the same wish fulfillment. There are terrifying burglars in Home Alone, though. There are. Um, but he deals with them in a fun way that the child watching is still thinking this is fantasy wish fulfillment. They're not yeah. thinking, I want my mummy and daddy. I want my yeah. terrible family that we saw depicted in the first yeah. scene to return. They're thinking, I wish I had enough micro machines to see off Joe Pesci. Yeah, exactly. I wish I could make animatronic adult party guest cutouts. I wish I could throw a brick at a man's face. Hideously Oof. violent, isn't well, so, it? Home alone? Uh, they like they blow torch him at one point and they they smash a paint can into his I, face. I'm actually surprised they got away with as much as they did. Hey, I find early nineties. Even as a kid, I, I mean, I was a bit a bit older than I guess it was aimed at. I find it pretty horrible. Yeah, like, you're very delicate, Martin. Well, like Tom and Jerry, like it's a cartoon, but as soon as you transfer any of that stuff into live action, you yeah. do kind of unless it's like Beetlejuice, who is kind of a cartoon character, you know. But these were like real people being set fire to. I felt very mm. bad for them. There was the moment where Daniel Stern falls through two floors of a house. Onto his shoulder. What kind oh. of flooring? Uh, wooden flooring. Oof. And you just know that. That's a break in. He'd break his He'd probably die. It's a lot of physio. He'd cer- exactly. He'd certainly dislocate both shoulders and break both. He'd have legs. like a bone sticking out of his. Ah. It's exactly. Ah. Um, and it's it's no longer funny then, is it? Really. No. That's the problem with being an adult. Mm. <laughs> Comedy violence is no longer funny, and that's probably why he wished not to be big at the end of Big because he could no longer enjoy such films as Home Alone, which I don't think could be made at the time of Big. 
Yes, but of course, uh, Zoltso or whatever he's called. Zoltor. <laughs> I might start calling you Zoltor. All right, yeah. Zoltor. Helen Zoltor. Imagine if there was a machine with me in it. Like, <laughs> you put in a pound and you get a little card with some shit that I've said on it. Or, or just something really pedantic about something you said earlier. If you can't use pronouns <laughs> properly, don't use them at all. That's what it would say to everybody. <laughs> well, listeners, that brings us to the end of this episode. And uh, as this is the 40th episode of the year, it means we've reached our quota for episodes of Answer Me This for the year. We'll, have, right. to, we'll have to stop for tax reasons. Yeah. <laughs> and also just numerical neatness reasons and also because we can't bear each other's faces anymore yes. or voices it's not your face it's the things you say with your face <laughs> but, uh, but if you want more of us uh, it's good news for you because uh, we're going to take the next week off but then we're back with two best of episodes recapping everything that's happened in 2013 that was uh, even remotely amusing also as we may have mentioned the answer me this christmas album is out now i hear that's got a load of material that you can't get from the episodes that's right so if you want one hour of all new material of us chatting christmas at a very reasonable price yes two pounds given, given how much the average person spends on christmas in this country correct living exactly. in. it's like the price of a bad card from clinton's isn't it it's less than a dozen volivants from iceland <laughs> believe um then all of that the christmas album and the best of answer me this can be found on our website answer me this podcast.com and of course visit there if you need our contact details to send us a question for answer me this in 2014 because we're planning to come back coming planning to come back for an eighth year of answer me this oh my god don't put it in those terms <laughs> terrible we're a national institution at this point we should be in an institution hey. what what yeah huh? the next episode is going to be like a shutter island like reveal that actually we are in an institution <laughs> well well done martin for ending the year with uh, ruining a really good film for anyone who has seen it oh um, martin but uh, we'll see you in a couple of weeks for the best of part one bye, bye.